listening to the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There'll be tales from bicycling across the nation, and we'll be joined by guests each and every week. Talk about the social side of cycling. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. So this is episode 32. Wow, 32. All right. We're just just cruising along here each and every week. And we just one of the things we do in the opening is just kind of give an update what's going on in our lives. And so, Mark, um, I know you're entering a new phase as far as the cycling professor. So what's new with your <laughs> behalf? You know, uh, some people know this about me, but I actually teach a class for the University of Iowa on uh, recreational bicycling. It sounds pretty easy, but I actually give the students assignments and we have to go ride. And it's it's a nice one credit hour pass-fail class. Uh, they get to go ride for a weekend and I get kind of a job out of it to, uh, to teach bicycling. Yeah. My funniest emails are when the students email me and they, they don't know me and it usually starts dear professor Wyatt. That's, <laughs> that's always the best of like the professor. Yeah, let's just go, hmm. let's just go back to Mark. I'm okay with that, but <laughs> yeah, the whole deal. And this is our philosophy on just go bike podcast. We're just out there to have fun. And uh, we want them to make them make them smile and, and finish happy and and get on their bike again after the class gets over. So that's that's the big key. That's great. So yeah. Well, I heard a just a heartwarming tale. Um, you talk about the University of Iowa. I know it was the start of football season, and I saw mm-hmm. the I saw the little blurb on ESPN about at the end of the first quarter, everyone in the stadium turned around and you know waved up to the Children's Hospital, and if if you could watch that story or be in that stadium when that happened and, and still have dry eyes. I, you're just not oh, human. Yeah. And, you know, it just goes to show, you know, even though people there for, for whatever, just to have a great time at a football game can take time out of their day and just, you know, smile at a kid. And I thought that was just awesome to, to start the football season uh, in that fashion. And uh, just, it, I think everyone should take a little different look at, sports and in, in that type of way and just say you know it's let's do these things for the right reasons yeah it was a really incredible moment i was uh i was in row three you probably noticed me I had the black and gold on and <laughs> uh and it was uh it was a real touching moment and, and that's pretty cool to to see something like that yeah. happen yeah well yeah. i was actually going down i'm a florida alum if you you probably heard me talk about the gators a few times so they were actually playing <laughs> michigan down in dallas so i went down uh saw my brother down there and went to the game we won't talk about the game because it was it was awful um got beat by those those guys in blue and that that Ooh. didn't sit real well with me but yeah. it's just a game um the thing that that really stood out uh obviously down in in the texas in louisiana area the, i mean people are hurting down there and you could see it as soon as you start driving south into oklahoma and in texas and you know gas stations out of gas you start to feel a sense that something different is going on and you see the relief trucks going down and just you know, we've got a lot of teams that come up for Ragbri from from down in that Houston area and and all all throughout that area. And just just want to say, hey, we're thinking about you down there. I know times are 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 tough, and 
you know, people are displaced out of their homes and, you know, they've, they've lost things and, you know, the material possessions and, you know, obviously we lost some life down there as well. But, you know, just want people to know down there that, you know, the whole world is pulling for you to, to get back and recover. And it's just, um, you know, just real sad to, to see what's happened in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. So if you can help in any way, um, you know, please do, because there's a lot of people that need that help. Yeah. And it's with empathy because we've had those floods here before. It was just 2013, you know, five, six years ago that, uh, that we experienced that, you know, Cedar Rapids and part of my neighborhood. And and in fact, the Iowa bicycle coalition offices got flooded out to evacuate. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I empathize and, and it's a, it's a big recovery and it's going to take years to get it back to normal, but you know, they're going to come back stronger and it's going to be a, a great place to live. So let just keep their heads up and, and keep moving forward. And that's not the only place that's been affected by disasters. I mean, just in the bike world alone, we've had two bicycle, major bicycle events canceled due to wildfires. And I know the triple bypass was canceled this year. And then we just had a word, our good friends over at, at Cycle Oregon had to pull the plug on their event because the smoke is covering, you know, just, just major portions of the state and where their route was. And it would not have been a, a good move to try to have a, a bike ride going on when all this, all the forest fires are ravishing the, the Oregon area. And I know it was a tough call for those folks over there. Hopefully people understand that, you know, there's more important things than a bike ride. And when there's people f- fighting fires and, you know, there's there's human life at at stake. A bike ride definitely becomes secondary. I mean, we as event directors never want to you know deny people that that right to ride the, ride those roads. But uh, definitely thinking of our friends over there as they're dealing with wildfires throughout that throughout that area. Yeah, and they do the same thing that we do. Is is number one, you make it safe, and number two, you have fun. So. You know, when that number that that number one that safety part that trumps everything, and I'm sure it was a tough decision, but uh, it's also the right decision. Yep. And uh, you know, big pat on the back for 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 making those tough calls. Yep. Well, since they're dealing with fires, it's it's kind of a nice segue into today's story because Kyle Munson interviewed a, a gentleman that's riding his bike who happens to be a firefighter and he's riding his bike across the United States and for, for a great cause. And you don't think twice that they're always going to be there. And, you know, if it's fighting fires or, you know, helping someone in need on a, on a normal day, you know, we just can't thank you enough. The first responders throughout our country for, for always being there. Yeah, it's a great group. And and I've been lucky. I'm a, I'm a paramedic. I've done this for the past 23 years and it's a real team. It's a brotherhood and sisterhood out there that, uh, that we work together and we got each other's back. So, you know, the firefighter that's riding across the country for his cause, you know, he's, he's got the backs of, of the people he works with and, and his team. And that's awesome. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear more about this. Good. Well, Hey, let's get to the show then. Well, hello, Just Go Bike listeners. This is Kyle Munson for the podcast, and I'm sitting here in the middle of small-town America in downtown Winterset, Iowa. Yes, the birthplace of John Wayne. Yes, the center of gravity for the bridges of Madison County, the famous bridges of Madison County. And I'm sitting here with Jason Zora, who is both a bicyclist 
and also a firefighter from Buffalo, New York. And I've caught up with him as he is crossing a good chunk of the country. He is bicycling from Colorado back to New York for reasons which we're going to talk about right now. But first, I just want to welcome Jason to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down with us today. No problem. What, let's start with something simple. What, why be a firefighter? What made you want to be a firefighter? Um, I think I just probably never grew up. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't every kid want to be a fireman? Yeah. So, Was it in I, your family? Uh, Was it a family tradition? No, I'm, I'm the only one. Just me, no, not my parent. You know, my father wasn't a firefighter, no uncles or no other relatives. I just, that kid that always chased the fire truck, and now I get on one for a living. <laughs> Yeah, so you're a dedicated firefighter, passionate about what you do, and I guess that's why you're out here on the bike this month. So what is this mission of this bike ride from Colorado back to Buffalo? Um, I'm trying to raise money for an organization called uh, Tunnel to Towers, the Stephen Siller Foundation. It's an organization that was started by the family of Steven Siller, who was a New York City firefighter that was killed uh, on September 11, 2011. He was on his way to the uh, World Trade Center when, when the, they got struck by the planes. He got stuck at the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel and he couldn't get there. So he took all of his gear, 60 pounds plus of gear, donned it and ran to the towers and uh, just in time for them to collapse. And he was killed that day. His family started their organization initially to uh, bring recognition to the first responders that were killed on that day. And then they, it moved on as they started raising funds. They started supporting firefighters and police officers that were killed in the line of duty. Uh, more recently, they've been paying off mortgages as firefighters and police officers have been killed. And then they've, uh, over the past couple of years, there's a, n a newer, larger initiative where they're building smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan. Wow. So um, a lot of good work on a lot of different fronts. Did yes. you Did you know Steve himself then? No. No. Okay. You know, as I do the, the rides, I did one last year. I raised money for a local hospital in Buffalo. Um, that hospital gets millions and millions and millions of taxpayer money and millions of dollars from people locally that donate. This foundation does not get that same kind of assistance and they're always looking for help. And it's small charities like this that really need the recognition and the help. So that's more where I'm sort of gearing, you know, towards when I'm doing this kind of you know, ride and, and, or tour. What pushed me towards this charity, which I had known about, but there was a video of them presenting, uh, or ha they had a press conference with uh, a firefighter had been killed in the line of duty. And a couple days later, they had a press conference with the firefighter's widow, letting her know, listen, your husband was, was killed. We understand that. It's a terrible time for you. He hasn't even been buried yet. Um, in your planning process, you have one less thing to worry about. You'll never have a mortgage payment again for the rest of your life. And it was just, it was for me, it was very powerful. I know that if anything ever happened to me, I would, you know, that would be a huge, huge weight lifted off my family's shoulders. 
Yeah. So that's really what pushed me towards this charity. And then on top of that, the work they do with the, with the, with the uh, veterans is just huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I mean, we're both guys in our 40s, and so we, you know, 9-11 is seared in our brains. And I imagine you, may, did you know anybody who was uh, affected and in, yeah. in the city? Yeah, I bet. And it's a life-changing yep. kind of yep. tragedy. And then we should tell listeners, too, I mean, you're occasionally coughing here. That's just one example. Uh, I mean, as a firefighter, you've suffered, what, smoke inhalation just this year before you're out here uh, huffing and puffing across the country on a bike, right? Right, yep. <clears throat> and, and is it does it do your lungs burn when you're out there pedaling away or what's it like well i, I think they burn from the hills of iowa <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough yeah <laughs> that certainly doesn't help the cause <laughs> well <coughs> so what has the ride been like you know when when i met you here in downtown winterset i think one of the first things you said was well i think i'm on my 20th flat so what yeah, has this epic journey been like so far i said i was telling someone the other day it's had, it's had as many ups and downs as I think hills, um, both mentally and physically. I've had a ton of bike problems. Um, I just had a string of bad luck. Whoever out there says that winds are predominantly out of the west in this country is a liar. <laughs> this is my twelfth day. I have n- I've been out of the west. This is my twelfth day, and I have not had a single tailwind yet. <laughs> I've had either crosswinds or headwinds the entire time. Um, I've had several days in the 100-degree range. I've had one day was 113 degrees for five hours. <laughs> one day was 122 degrees. I've had in the somewhere between 18 and 20 flats. I've broken six spokes. I've broken my chain. Uh, I've run out of inner tubes three times. <laughs> I've run out of uh, patch kits once now. Yeah. I, it's just been, it's been a nightmare in terms of that. It's a, I've had, it's really slowed me down. You're constantly yeah. pulling over, fixing tires. Um, anybody out there that, <laughs> anybody out there that does bike repair will know what I'm talking about. I don't use a chain whip when I take my cassette <laughs> off my bike. <laughs> I use my hand. <laughs> so I, I grab the, the cassette when I... <laughs> So my hand's been gotten pretty raw. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're pretty self-reliant and, and resilient on a bike, you know, with repairs. But still, that many repairs just yes. wears somebody down. Yes. And, um, you know, you're a, big, you're a big firefighter. You're like six foot four. Yep. And you were telling me how, I mean, you have a custom-made bike. So it's not yep. as if you're trying to do this just, you know, on a... Uh, on a you know, you plan for this in terms of the bike, right. but even then, yeah, all these really, problems pop up. I've just, yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I knew that this was coming. I did a, a small tour last year on a, on a road bike, pulling a trailer, and I had problems with that. So I knew after that trip I wanted to do a longer trip this year, so I had this bike built. I had this bike built beefed up so that I wouldn't have the problems I'm having. It just shows, like, you just never know. I mean, it. <clears throat> anything can happen and like you said it does it, it wears you down you know i the first my first day i had three flats within the first four hours <laughs> it was and then you're just like banging your head off the wall like what is going on here you know luckily my the last flat i had ran me out of inner tubes 
I'd, I had to walk my bike a mile and a half mm. to the only Walmart within, like, I was lucky there was a Walmart a mile and a half away. If that Walmart wasn't there, it was 300 miles to the next Walmart. <laughs> so, and that Walmart didn't even have, they only had one inner tube. Wow. So, in my in my size, so it's 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 you know, until I, you know, it's 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 been, it's been a very trying experience. A lot of people are like just go home, rent a car, and go home, or get on a train, or you know, ship your bike and fly. And I didn't come out here to quit. And honestly, once I got to Iowa, it has really been an uplifting experience. As hard physically as Iowa has been, because Iowa is really. <laughs> Very it's not hilly. flat, like it's they all no, say. <laughs> it is not flat. Maybe northern Iowa might be flat, but 92 is not flat. There are no shoulders on the road, but it is. It reminds me of home. Like there's, it's in Kansas and in, in the eastern end of Colorado and Nebraska. It's agriculture, which to me, like agriculture and farms are not the same thing. Mm. You know, like when you're looking at a cornfield that is maybe thousands of acres as opposed to a, a farmer's field. You know, th- those are two different things. And, um, you know, these are people out here making a living. It's not a corporation that's growing, you know, corn. And um, and there's trees out in Iowa. <laughs> these are the first trees I've seen, I think. So, you're, yeah, you're looking for that quintessential Midwest small town America experience in yes. some ways as seen yes. from the bike and yes absolutely as, as hard as a tour is there is absolutely no better way to see this country than at 10 miles an hour like yeah. and that's you know I'm average you know I've had days where I've averaged 13 miles an hour and I've had days yesterday I averaged eight miles an hour you know it was a, a headwind day with nothing but huge well what I well I guess medium-sized constant steep hills so what have you learned about either yourself or, you know, your cause as a firefighter or biking by doing this, do you think, so far? Um, I know I don't have any quit in me. Um, I've questioned myself a lot. I've questioned why I'm doing this a lot. And I come up with the same answer every time, that every time I come to a hill and, it's, and I say to myself, oh, I don't want to do this hill. Like this is my legs are rubber right now. I I have I have two legs at work, and I've got air in my lungs. And really, that's that's it. There's yeah. people out there that don't have two legs. They don't have two arms, and they can't get out of bed. Maybe and and I'm I'm healthy, and my body's banged up, but you know my knees hurt, my back hurts, and my wrists hurt, and. <laughs> I and, have a headache and <laughs> and you said this is in some ways more challenging than training to become a firefighter physically. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say that I would much rather go through the fire academy again than <laughs> do this tour <laughs> physically. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now you're also. It was interesting. Um, people can't see this, but you know we'll have photos posted on our website and everything. You. Um, you know, you got some great tattoos along the arms, and you said you're a big deadhead too. Yes. And is that yep. is that lifelong sort of a fandom of Garcia and company? And yeah, I've, yeah. I've I would say since I was probably about 14. As a matter of fact, my bike I named my bike. It's got a, if you look at it, it's my bike's name is Sugary. <laughs> That's awesome. 
I've got a I've got a flag. I've got a Grateful Dead flag on the bike underneath <laughs> my American flag. And is is Sugary your favorite Dead song or what? Uh, it's it's up there, but if like if you look at the meaning of this of Sugary, it's I guess it's sort of at least the way I interpret the song. It's sort of about a a pimp and and Sugary's <laughs> his number one girl. So. <laughs> That's your number one bike. So that, <laughs> that, that bike is my number one girl right now, <laughs> at least on tour. <laughs> oh. Well, and so, uh, you know, you're in Iowa, headed back to New York. You have a lot of miles to cover, but you've already you've, uh, surpassed your fundraising goal, right? Yeah, I've surpassed it by $400 right now. Yeah, so over $10,000, and that must make you feel good? Or? Yeah, it's definitely put a little b- extra bounce in my step today. Um, but I certainly, like, I'm, I was nervous telling people that I've passed it because I don't want the donations to stop. Right. Like, it's a, it's a goal, but it's not a limit. Yeah. You know? I would love to double it, you know? Yeah. It would be the more money I can raise, the more houses they can build for, for, for disabled veterans. Yeah. And when they build the houses, like I said, it's not, people think a smart home is a green home. It's not a green home. A smart home is a house that they... When they pick these veterans that are missing limbs or, or whatever their injury is, that house is built around that veteran's personal needs. Yeah. And that is, you know, the in Buffalo, there's a uh, town right outside of Buffalo, East Aurora, and there's a veteran, uh, a Marine, that they're building a house for there that is missing an arm and a leg. So they're building, you know, he's part of the, the process. So they're going to build a home for him that is specifically for him, that's yeah. designed and catered to what he needs to get around his house and and whatnot, which is awesome. That's great. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with Just Go Bike to talk today, uh, Jason. Just a couple quick questions. Yep. One, so you've got, last year you kind of started these epic adventures. This year, expanded the scope. What's next? Um... I don't know when it's going to be, but definitely, well, I'm, I will hit everything on my bucket list <laughs> sooner than later, hopefully. And um, I definitely want to do the Continental Divide Trail. Um, I don't know when, but definitely soon. Okay. I, I want to. I, my goal is to retire within the next four years. So, hopefully, probably right after I retire. More time to bike. I'm going to need more time than I get vacation time for that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The Continental Divide. And then we always ask people on this podcast. I know that we talked about how you've been vegan for the most part, except for this trip you had to put put some meat back into your diet. Right. So this is a food question. What is your favorite kind of pie? Of pie? Yes. Well, that's a tough one. So that's... (laughs) Can I, get, can I give you two answers? Well, that's allowed. We're not too strict with okay, it. Okay, yeah. so traditionally, I go to, we go to Maine four times a year. So I, you're, 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 automatically, you're going to think I'm going to say blueberry pie as we go to Maine, but it's not. We go to a restaurant there that has the world's best key lime pie. Oh, uh, wow. All the way up in Maine. That's in great. In Maine. And then my mom makes this, this for, for any old school Buffalo Bills fans... <laughs> my mom makes this pie called Joe Ferguson Mud Pie. Joe Ferguson Mud, mud pie. pie. Is that chocolate or what are you talking it's, about? There's, there? there's fudge, 
and there's marshmallow in it and coconut. <laughs> and it is in, in lots of condensed milk. And it is insane. Joe Ferguson's old quarterback from Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah. It is so good. So those are my two. That's good. Well, I think you get the award for most unique <laughs> answer with the Joe Ferguson mud pie. I love that. <laughs> well, thanks so much, uh, Jason. And uh, good luck as you keep on trucking across the rest of the U.S. And congrats on what you're doing for firefighters, veterans, everybody. Thank you very much. This is Parrot Talk, and this is your host, Andrea Parrot. Today we have an important issue that we need to talk about. Should you wear bike gloves? No, seriously though, look, this is an important issue. Uh, some people feel really strongly about it. Should you wear bike gloves? Should you not wear bike gloves? Um, and there's a couple of reasons on both sides. Um, first of all, you're gonna be able to grip the handlebars better with a pair of bike gloves on. They have padding on them that's made for that specific purpose. There is protection to your skin as far as like, if your hands get really sweaty, they won't be, it'll kind of soak up some of that moisture, which is kind of nasty to describe, but it does feel nice. It'll keep the sun off of your hands to some degree. Now it depends on what kind of bike gloves you get. If you, like me, have some of the ones with the mesh on the back, you can have some of the world's goofiest looking tan lines. Um, and that is a negative, or unless you have all bike friends, and then that's a positive, because look at how much you've been biking. Um, so seriously, uh-huh, goofy looking hands. Just depends on what kind you get. I mean, you can get some that cover your whole hand, and then you just have white hands, or paler hands, you know. And, you know, if you're fine with that, cool. Actually, my tan lines from the pre-ride have pretty much completely faded at this point, so it doesn't take that long to go have them disappear. A lot of people like them for shock absorption. You know, if you're on a really bumpy road, they do help kind of um, dampen the shock. And they do help with numbness because it does pad some of those. If you don't have a lot of padding naturally on the bottom of your hand, it can really pinch those nerves or the blood flow so that it doesn't quite get to your hand and then they start getting all tingly. And it's an awful feeling and the bite gloves can help with that with that little padding in the bottom. Because of this, it can help say like a neck problem as well, depending on how you're holding your arms on the bike. Um, if you're really grabbing that handlebar with just your raw hands, it can deliver tension all the way up to your neck because your hands are basically being your shock absorber. And if your arms are really stiff also, then that'll just go straight to your neck and then you're like this. Um, but the little cushion on the bike gloves can help with that. Uh, kind of soak up some of those rumbles. Rumbles! That's for you, Bill. You know, I guess they can keep your hands warm too. Although all of my bike gloves have um, little mesh vents in the back so that they A, give you that stupid tan line and B, cool off your hands. I have also had ones for winter commuting that have a little reflective stripe on the back. Those are what I would call more of mittens because uh, they had like a little finger cubby in the front for lack of a better word, but they had reflection on the back. Um, and that was great for because in the winter, it's even harder to see a cyclist sometimes. And it was good for signaling so that people could see, you know, which way I was going. And also that one time when I slid on the ice and fell down, um, I used it to signal passersby to come and help me get up. Um, that worked great. So, you know, that can be something they can serve as a Kleenex. I mean, I know a lot of people don't talk about that, but they are very absorbent. 
Um, and wash your bike gloves, people. Also, never touch anyone else's bike gloves unless they've been freshly washed, <laughs> for the love of God. Some people think they look cool. I mean, it depends on the bike gloves you have, but you can look pretty BA in those bike gloves, like kind of a um, Michael Jackson thriller look, although I would recommend wearing two. And that's one of the main problems with bike gloves is that they're really easy to lose, like super easy to lose because like me, my bike gloves are not the cleanest thing ever. So every time I get off the bike, either to use the restroom or to eat, I always take the gloves off so that I can wash my hands and like try to have some semblancy of cleanliness on the ride that I'm riding. I can't tell you how many single bike gloves I have at home. For me, whether or not I can find two is usually the decision maker for whether or not I'm gonna be wearing bike gloves. Now, the one thing that I hear a lot about wearing bike gloves is, oh, well, I wear them so that they'll protect me in a crash. Well, to some extent, yes, that's true. Um, If you're gonna be skidding on the gravel, then it probably will save your palms, but you cannot be using the bike gloves as a crutch to plant when you fall because if you land the wrong way, that long, rigid bone in your front of your arm will just snap right in half, or maybe your wrist. It's really easy to break an arm or a wrist if you're relying on using your hands to break your fall, is what I'm trying to say, and revealing my complete lack of um, anatom- anatomical knowledge. <laughs> so you're one arm bone, you know what I'm talking about? Um, but seriously, you cannot rely on planting directly onto your hands. Now, well, if you're falling onto gravel, your hands are probably going to hit the gravel and they will help with that. Um, but I'm just saying, don't rely on planting on your hands. Try to tuck and roll people, you know, it's kind of difficult to practice crashing, but maybe just go over it in your mind a little bit. Tuck and roll, tuck and roll, tuck and roll, if at all possible. I know a lot of times crashes happen faster than you can ever process. And I know that a lot of times it's not your fault and you can't see it coming. I'm just talking about the kind of crashes where time slows down and you can see yourself falling and you're like thinking about putting your hands down, but don't do it. Just tuck and roll. Obviously, if you're going to have an accident, it's by definition not preventable, but um, because it's on accident. Um, But that's not what I'm trying to get into today. I'm just saying don't use your hands as your shock absorbers, if at all possible. Anyway, that's my two cents about wearing bike gloves. I like to wear bike gloves most of the time, I guess is how I would say it. So I'd love to hear your opinions about it. Um, Let me know what you think, Um, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Just Go Bike, or you can email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can talk to me on Twitter at Andrea underscore Ragbri, and I will catch you later. We've reached the end of another Just Go Bike podcast. This show's made possible by Think Iowa City. It's one of the hosts for Jingle Cross. That's September 15th to 17th. And boy, that's coming up quick. So you better get out there, get your tickets. If you're going to race it, get entered. And there's a lot of fun things going on. So visit their website, jinglecross2.com, I believe is the, the website. Also, don't forget Grand Gable Fondo, October 1st. It's a Sunday. It's going to be the last Grand Gable. Also, yep. bikes to you uh, from Grinnell. 
uh, one of the best bike shops, Ragbright Charters. If you go to Jingle Cross, he's actually going to have his bunkhouse trailer set out up there, and I believe they're for cool. rent. So if you contact Coop, you need a place to stay. Perfect setup right there at Jingle Cross. And then finally, Primal. Uh, this is a, a one of the premier bike apparel companies out of Denver. Um, if you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, accessories, this is the go-to place. Primal Wear, Denver, Colorado. And we love hearing from you. So, you know, check check us out and shoot us a note. And you can hit us up, you know, on any anything at, at Just Go Bike. You can send us an email. You can send us oh, a tweet. Hit us up on Facebook. Any of those will work for you. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast. So if you want to do it on Stitcher, SoundCloud, you know, any, any of those, uh, iTunes, any of those will work. So we appreciate you tuning in each and every week. And we're just talking about bikes for the fun of it. With all the stuff going on in the world, um, just some words to, to think about. Four wheels move the body. Two wheels move the soul. All right, let's just get out there and bike. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.